Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Hello and welcome to another Football to the Max as we are, this is the last show for a long time we do not have some kind of games, whether it's preseason or regular season to discuss here as starting on Thursday, the preseason, well it's that technically starts on Wednesday with one game, but starting Thursday, the preseason week one officially kicks off. And there are games Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And we'll have plenty to talk about come the Monday episode. And even the Thursday episode will at least cover four of the games uh, that will have been uh, played by the time we get to record. So that's going to be fun. You'll get to, well, we'll get to hopefully iron out the kinks so that by the time we hit the regular season, we can really have a good streamlined format for this. Um, and Eric has joined me here again, so how are you, sir? Uh, a little confused, but okay. Uh, certain deals made that I can see that some people are upset about, but I'm just going to have to kind of swallow and deal with. Other than, other than that, it, it's preseason for everybody now. Yeah, training camp is going hard and heavy. I think Hard Knocks is about to start for the Tampa Bay Bucks, so 
that's another thing to be able to watch and that should be fun those are always interesting and plenty of news coming out from over the weekend and even today so that's what we're going to do here i after talking with eric and i think with gary as well since we sort of always do a season big season preview episode it's kind of pointless for us at this point to preview uh teams and and uh divisions and everything else because guess what we'll probably change our minds by the time preseason is over especially the way it's been going with the injury bug and we have quite a few of those to talk about here on uh, on the news here so this is kind of be kind of a kind of a just discussion and news episode like i said the last one without any games for a long while and then on thursday we'll kind of get into just the games that have happened and then you know whatever else has been going on but uh, starting right off at the top, something that came out today, and this is from Pro Football Talk, a report that they got from a leak uh, involving Chris Carter from FS1, of course the Hall of Fame wide receiver for the Vikings, uh, been you know was part of ESPN for a long time. Uh, this is regarding the Ezekiel Elliott suspension deal, possible suspension. And if you remember hearing our Friday morning episode, you know I, I kind of ended the show with asking Gary about whether or not Zeke would be playing week one. Now, again, this is big old rumor. I want to stress that by saying that it is a, it is a bunch of rumor right now. It, but this is coming leaked straight from the league and uh, even that uh, Chris Jones you know the Cowboys uh, owner or one of one of the uh, the Cowboys uh, son's owner is not happy about this at all uh, and it's just this is so weird because we remember at the Hall of Fame game they had Jerry Jones on there saying that none of this had to do with the domestic violence situation, and then this leak that comes out is all about the domestic violence situation. Uh, but here's what, uh, before I get into what was said about Zeke, here's what, uh, of course, Vice President uh, Stephen Jones had to say about the situation. These things are tough for everybody. It's tough for the league, it's tough for the team, it's tough for the player. At some point, you should be able to get the information in some sort of time frame that doesn't carry on like this particular investigation has. Uh, he, it's pretty much, uh, you know, not not wrong there at all. Uh, I th- I don't know if this is Roger Goodell um, talking here, but he's he was asked about if they'd made a decision. He says they hadn't made a decision yet. I hope as a league, just like we do everything else, we look for ways to get more efficient and to do things in a better way. Um, oh, this is actually Stephen Jones. I'm not being critical. We're obviously in a new territory where we started our investigative team at the NFL level. Just like we do everything, we look for ways to improve it. Hopefully we'll be better at this when we move forward in the future. Uh, so as far as this league goes... Uh, this is from the 345 Park Avenue, which also were some of the people that leaked the Tom Brady destroying a cell phone and all that. 
So, uh, Car- you know, Chris Carter responding to this leak that he got says he would be shocked that Zeke is not suspended. And in fact, he thinks the league should be doing something about this quick. Uh, the cases of assault or domestic violence. Uh, something about that apparently Zeke might have uh, committed several acts of domestic violence with this woman. Of course, this was before he entered the league as well, so that's what he pointed out. But, yeah, you know. When, when you get to the point that, first of all, allegations that this happened something along the lines of six times in four days or up to six days, anything like this, prima facie, that's a problem. And don't get me wrong, I'm not a Tom Brady fan. I... Yeah, but I mean, what Tom Brady did with some deflated footballs is nothing compared to this. Well, and I... And I understand that, but for the purposes of the leak, I mean, I reacted in a way positively to the news because I figure, okay, he's finally going to be suspended. I don't have to deal with him for four weeks and this issue is going away. So I reacted to that leak a little bit positively. And I'm saying that because with this, I'm reacting to it a little bit more negatively now I'm not a fan of either leak but at the same time if you look at Goodell's history when handling a variety of situations it's hit or miss so you got to think to yourself with how everybody reacts to any sort of news along this front with Goodell any sort of message, and when he finds out, or when he hands down that final word, do you think, just like with the Tom Brady case, this one is going to kind of soften the blow? Because if reports are true, and it's going to be around four games, there's going to be some backlash. As you said, and as it's been mentioned, this happened before he got into the league, the NFL doing a little, little bit of fishing, starting from somewhere else and getting here. Jerry Jones already coming out and said... Right, but the thought is that this is being leaked by the league itself. And, and this is what I'm saying. What if this is being leaked by the league itself to kind of soften that blow and spread the outrage and backlash out? So when Goodell finally does have the final say, everybody's already anticipated it, and they can start to get over it faster. And, and then, making you know, the league look better. He wouldn't be making himself look better at all. He makes himself look bad, period, by this no. taking so long. He, he wouldn't, but this is the ideology. I, I, they can they can have whatever ideology they want. It doesn't mean anybody that's intelligent should know that there is something going on here. This shouldn't take this long. 
No. This... It's a domestic violence case. It either happened or it didn't. Yes. With any police investigation, anything like this, especially from the league side, could have been wrapped up some time ago. This could have been over and done with, especially for when it originally happened. Right, but when they come out and say that they want to basically make an example of Zeke. And that's just why they're they're taking so long with this. It's doesn't this just I mean, I hope that the NFLPA is already starting something. Like to go against them. Because this is ridiculous. Like why do you have a you know, like you got a hammer to bring down on somebody and you have these certain players that you just want to bring a hammer down on. And then everybody cool. else is just you'll get the the standard whatever. Honestly, I think, number one, I would hope the NFLPA, especially when things that they're trying to do with, I believe it's in a couple of years' time, the next CBA coming up, they're starting to do some things behind the scenes with this, as there are with different testing and other NFL policies. That news has come out. I would think that they're doing something behind the scenes. I don't know if they are, because the NFLPA has had some problems in recent years themselves, but... From the standpoint of the shield, I personally think Goodell is still in a kind of a proper reaction slash overreaction mode to Ray Rice. Right, somebody needs those- to be around to check him. Like This is what's so ridiculous about this. Nobody can check him. So it's whenever he wants to contradict himself like he's going to here because... Isn't the mandate for domestic violence six games? So, first of all, when all this is coming out, it's, oh, he's going to get two games. Now it's four. The The official domestic violence thing is six. So if he gets less than that, you're already contradicting your own rule. Well, you so, were contradicting a rule that you created because your original handling was seen as too light. Because remember... Before that six-game rule came in place, Ray Rice was only looking at two. Right, but if he decides to do less than six, he's contradicting his own rule that he just set. Yeah, and this this is what I'm saying. And I think... How can I explain this? I think with Jerry Jones saying there's nothing there, that's a big part of it. Because you have a big, powerful owner, and Goodell works for them. And you brought up an interesting point. With the CBA, with the power structure at the top of the NFL, who is really there to check Goodell? Where are those checks and balances? Because through a variety of reasons, they've disappeared. Right, but you also have the issue of, you know, hey, Robert Kraft is a pretty powerful owner, and they still suspended Tom Brady four games. So, well, and, and this and is with Brady then, fighting it and everything. Well, Brady fighting it, and then you had images of, like, judges and Kraft and Brady out on boats and stuff and legal battles and all this and that. Eventually, the Patriots just wanted to make that whole situation kind of go away. 
Right. This, but th- Jerry this Jones is just is a different thing, though. Angle. Yeah, it's a different thing, and Jerry Jones is taking a different angle towards it. Well, I don't so know it, that it's a different angle. I think it's legitimately, until this leak comes out, that we don't know if this is really what's there or not. Like, you know, people can make up things in a leak, too. It doesn't Just because something gets leaked doesn't mean that it's actually real. Absolutely. And I you mean, know. people are saying, oh, well, the, the Tom Brady thing was leaked, and all of a sudden this and that happened, and blah, blah, blah. Who's to say that this is the same thing? You're absolutely right. It... I don't know. To me, this is just extremely convoluted, and it never had to be. I, I, I don't just don't think going- that if they would, if if Jerry knew anything that is close to what. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's being said here? Mm-hmm. I don't think he would have come out and said there's there's nothing to this. No, he or, wouldn't do. He would have yeah. been much more diplomatic. Right, so if he's coming out here and saying these things on national TV, I I just don't like get where this comes from. All of a sudden, now we're supposed to believe this, and it's just, and it's not me. Look, I am out here advocating that if Zeke did this, and it it is really like it says here in this leak, and he really committed five different acts over four days. Or whatever with this woman. And they are of a domestic violence kind of situation. Look, I'm all sitting there going, look, he needs to get six games. And mm-hmm. I don't know that I can look at him the same as a as a fan of that team or right. whatever. But it's very difficult for me to go, man, I, I we should just throw away a guy that did so much for us. Uh because, or, you know, so much for the Cowboys just because of something he did before he entered the league. But again, like, there's doing stupid things because you're 20 years old, and then there's things like this where it's like, even if you're pissed drunk, there comes a limit, you know? And physically hurting, a, a, you know, another a woman is doesn't fall into the permissible things. While you're drunk. Exactly. And I mean, I've been in situations where I've been drunk. It just happened to be over this past weekend. But thankfully, I had friends who at one point were saying they want to set up a system for me to have an earpiece in my ear. And who are there to back me up. And the fact that I also know my own limits. And it's like, hey, this is great, this and that, time for me to go home. I mean, I hope Zeke would have at least a couple of these people around him, so that way these kind of situations or even these sorts of allegations can be avoided. But unfortunately, while we're here, this just flat out is what it is. It just seems to be a little mistake and then a bigger mistake and a bigger mistake and it's generated a snowball. 
And now nobody seems to be able to stop that snowball. Well, I mean, again, this is something he's done before coming in the league. Mm-hmm. Before he knew what this would mean for him or anything like that. It doesn't mean it's mm-hmm. excusable, like I said. It's just... Right. It's just... It's wrong. And yeah, But it's, but it's, the thing is, like, we're leaking stuff, and we and if the league is leaking something, and it's not necessarily true, we're just leaking stuff to get public opinion out there about a guy. At what point can somebody implicate the league here? It's It's just... And I would hope somebody looks into that, especially if this has now happened twice. This is becoming a trend. It's leaning towards that way, and this is a Oh, but the Tom Brady stuff happened, though. That's the difference. If this actually happened, the leak is fine. But if it didn't, then that's where you got to implicate the leak. And this is what I'm saying. If it didn't, yes, but even if it did... While the leak itself is fine, there's still some questions about the league about how this is happening. It's. I, I just don't know why they can't just make a ruling like you do with everything else, and you don't need these things coming out here to sway some kind of public opinion or whatever. You're the NFL. Well, but you that, can make but decisions. That's just, but that's just it. They know that the league itself has had a problem, not even the players. But the league, they have had issues with public opinion. While they think they're doing something to fix it, you're doing the exact opposite. But right, might- but when it comes to something like this, if it's really that black and white, I don't think people are going to get upset by it. Right? Oh, if he really did commit these acts... A- yeah, but you're going to have people to get upset regardless. Well, those people are idiots then, because if he really did do these things, then you don't have a reason to get upset about it. This is what the rule says. You get your four or six game suspension, and that's what you do. If he didn't, and they're going around leaking stuff to try to get people to think he did, then that's that's where you know the league is going to go screw themselves. Yeah, so. and again, intelligent people will understand that. I... At this point, all I can say is I'm confused. I just personally want however this goes down to be done, and then we can start on the repercussion phase. Because this is just another unnecessary mess that's created that the league has done for whatever reason, and this is something that clearly they can obviously bounce back from, but... I don't know. Well, let's go on from one controversial figure to another in uh, Jay Cutler, who lots of speculation going about after Ryan Tannehill went down. We talked about that on the Friday show about, you know, who would have been better suited. We kind of already had an idea of who was going to get this job. And lo and behold, in fact, it was Jay Cutler coming out of retirement, signing a one-year deal worth $10 million with $3 million extra in incentives. <laughs> and Adam Gase getting to have his former quarterback return to play for him. Uh, he's already come out and said that uh, Jay Cutler's not there to sit on the sidelines, but that obviously he has to come in and get a physical and all these kinds of things. Uh, Cutler said it shouldn't take him too long to get back into physical shape. 
and that even his wife was hoping he'd get a job with some team because he was tired of seeing him be at the house. But, uh, you know, look, uh, we know Matt Moore did Mm -hmm. fine Mm -hmm. in the regular season, and then in that playoff game, he wasn't being helped by that offensive line at all, and he got creamed. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the Dolphins went up losing that game. Obviously, Matt Moore is well-liked for being there as long as he has as well, but it seems almost inevitable that this is going to be Jay Cutler's job to lose. They're paying him $10 million. You don't pay a guy you're getting off the street $10 million if you're not starting him. Personally, I don't like that number. I really think it's a little bit too much. Even with what Gase was able to do with Cutler and the statistics. Yes, a great touchdown to interception ratio. Yes, he cut back on the interceptions and had, for him, a great year. But no. No. I get it. And I even said on our Friday show... I got it. I understand it. I don't like it. I wish they had gone closer to Colin Kaepernick or maybe somebody else, but I kind of saw this coming. Unfortunately, I think if you're looking at the numbers, especially cap-wise, Tannehill's probably going to be on the chopping block after this season. You really think so? You really think they won't give him another shot? To his look at his injury history. There, they would keep him on for this season because his cap hit is nearly twenty-five million. That cuts down to only four million after this season. At that point, Gay sticks around. You cut ties. You draft. Or you get rid of Jay Cutler, have Matt Moore as your number one guy, and then either draft or get a different veteran free agent. And I would have been more interesting to see Kaepernick in this situation, but, and as I kind of teased on the Friday show, I think if he'd come to Miami, expectations would have been a little bit higher rather than expectations in Baltimore. Mm, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. I mean, Steven Ross probably would have let him on the team, but, you know, he also liked to go around wearing a Fidel Castro shirt, and we know how that would not have gone down well. Uh, that would have, so, yeah, that there would have been some pockets of Miami where, yeah, I'm going to stop there. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's just that's the, the thing with, look, I think we can all admire what Kaepernick did, but, mm-hmm. you know, public opinion is very strong with something like oh, that. Yeah. And oh, yeah. With uh, as much as he wants to do in Baltimore with talking to the police and everything else, you still have such a huge issue there with with what's going on. And if he had gone to Baltimore, I mean, talk about providing a, a big reason for some more things to be going down. So it's just, you know, I, the Seahawks uh, 
came out and spoke well of him uh, as well. So it's just a lot of people are speaking great things, saying great things about Kaepernick, but it's one of those things, right? Like sometimes people can just, you could be the greatest person, but if nobody wants you, it don't matter. Nope. It's, uh, what you do, as much of a meritocracy as it is, <laughs> there's still some things that are people are just don't want to talk about. And with Kaepernick, he wants to bring about those necessary uncomfortable conversations. But people just want to look at him and see the football player and see him play football. Not to mention, they want to see him try to play better football than he did those last couple of years. <sighs> yeah, I mean, the talent would have been a better fit here, but I just, I still feel like Baltimore would have been the better situation for him as far as, like, the coaches and all that stuff, which may be better in the long oh, run yeah. to, to have oh, you yeah. on your side. Because the last thing you want for Gase as your coach is to be like, oh, we brought in a guy you didn't want, plus he's polarizing. Mm-hmm. And it's going to provide a bunch of light on your team that you probably didn't want. And, yeah, just it. I think you had to go with Cutler because Gase was the one selling them on Cutler. Yeah, and again, selling on the history and say, oh, look what he can do, his flashes of brilliance and Look at what I was able to do with him. That's why when his name was floated about, again, I figured, yeah, it's going to be him. I just don't like that much money. I don't. Yeah, I still think he can do well if he, you know, if the line protects him and he's able to develop some kind of chemistry with with these receivers, which he should. I mean, you got a terrific crew of receivers, you know, barring injury. He really doesn't have any kind of excuse to not do well here. Um, so, you know, perhaps I don't. You know, I, we have a uh, a fellow, you know, co uh, writer here with us, and uh, he went on record saying that the Dolphins are not going to lose ten games. I, I don't think that's happening, but. We'll see. No, it's... Yeah. I, I don't know. I think they could surprise still with Cutler. I mean, look, most of their offense was still J.H.I. running the ball. So yeah. if they if, can keep that going... If they can really deliver Cutler at his best, if Gase is that quarterback whisper with him, and honestly... If Cutler well, we saw it with did, Tannehill last year, right? It took some growing, but he got better as the season went on. And, and this is my point. If he can deliver that at his best, great. And my personal thing, Cutler can't be lazy. He's getting what is arguably his last shot. Yeah, he's not really the highest energy personality-wise. I don't really care, but... You've still got to find a way to lead. You've got to study. You've got to put in effort. Tannehill was doing that, and it was paying off in spades. If Cutler doesn't, then this could be a dumpster fire. 
I think it just depends, right? If he sees this as a year, a one-year thing, and then I'm out, then okay. But if he sees this as a, well, I could come in here and grab the starting job away from Tannehill and play a couple more seasons, then maybe he motivates himself. Yeah, and again, you know? if he motivates himself, the opportunity is there. And I keep saying, that nice, teeny, tiny salary cap hit for Tannehill after this season, that's going to bring about some questions. Right, yeah. Some major questions. Especially if they perform well. You're not getting mm-hmm. rid of a guy, you know, Tannehill, who, at the end of the day, you can't blame anybody but yourself because, you know, I think the team has said that that fell on him, on Tannehill, yep. to yep. do the, the stem cell thing and not get the surgery there. And mm-hmm. so, you know, again, you got nobody to blame but yourself that this happened. True. Unfortunate for him. Sad True. for him. But, yeah. look, I mean, if Cutler goes out there and plays well, I'm not saying that the Dolphins are going to go, you know, 16-0 and or whatever. They're going to take their lumps. Yeah. Cutler's going to have games where he doesn't play the greatest. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Or whatever. But Tannehill didn't either. Um, and Like I said, he got better as the year went on. Then he got injured. Dolphins wound up making the playoffs anyway. They lost. Could they do that with Cutler? Yeah, but again, it's all about if he's consistent enough, like you said, we could see them take that hit and be like, all right, Tannehill, bye. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all right, so. another 9-10 win season? Question marks. <laughs> Speaking of let's uh, keep things with Miami here. Jarvis Landry getting investigated for possible domestic violence. Uh, This one is on the mother of his child, but the mother of his child was actually a really uh, nice woman to come out and just basically say that, look, the reason nobody got arrested is because nothing went on. It was just an argument. Mm -hmm. Somebody called the police, thought that somebody hit somebody, nothing happened, and nobody got arrested. Uh, he would never hurt me. Basically, trying to come out there and say, like, look, he doesn't deserve to do anything for this. Don't punish yeah. him. And yeah. that's nice to see because you don't see. Now, granted, there are there are women that are, you know, hit or whatever, and will make these statements to to uh, protect themselves from being hit again. But it doesn't. This doesn't seem like that. This seems very genuine. No. And, you know, there is a, she does mention that there is a custody battle going on for the kids. But that, you know, nothing about violence. So, you know, nice to hear. Uh, She does even say, stop telling the media to, or please tell the media to stop spreading, spreading a false story. Yeah. And especially when kids are involved, trust me, mothers are going to protect their kids. 99% of the time before anybody else. 
So if anything truly went down, she would do that for the kid's sake. But if things seem okay and this was just blown out of proportion, I commend her for saying this was just blown out of proportion. So I don't see a problem with this. I like this and I hope this puts an expedited end to things. Especially yeah, because Jarvis Landry, from all accounts, is a great person. I would assume that he's at least a very good father. Fantastic receiver, football player, and he's asking for a payday himself. So he's like, yeah, this was no big deal. I'm trying to keep my nose clean, and I know I have one more great season. I'm on track to get Aid. Yeah, but all it takes is one dumb thing to derail you. So hopefully this is not. Yeah. This quickly goes away and he can keep doing his thing. Oh yeah. Uh, speaking of wanting to get paid, uh, right up your alley here, offensive tackle Donald Penn wanting to get paid by the Raiders, and he is not going to show up to training camp until he does. The problem is Reggie McKenzie says they won't talk unless he does show up to training camp. So somebody's got to blink first here. Do the Raiders end up paying Donald Penn? I think because of the situation, how they're trying to shore up his line or their line for their car. Yeah. I see him getting paid. Now, no doubt he deserves it, right? Yeah, he absolutely deserves it. Now, with everything going on with the Raiders, and especially after handing out that nice, fat, deserved contract to Derek Carr, there's going to be some number and, crunching. And I to think the guard. Yeah, I think there's going to have to be a lot of number crunching, and I think there's going to be a compromise. I just hope that that compromise comes sooner and later. Penn's going to get paid. He'll make his money, but I don't think it'll be as much as he thinks. And it won't be right away. Mm. This is going to be an interesting situation because I think he basically wants it before. You know, but we've seen this happen before. Uh, we saw this happen with Cam Chancellor last year. Mm -hmm. Uh, He even went into missing actual regular season games. So I wonder if Donald Penn would do the same. You know, that's... I uh, I hope not. I really hope not. But I don't think many people are going to stop him if he does. Yeah, no no doubt about that at all. Yeah. Speaking of former Raiders getting signed, the Ravens have signed former Raiders offensive tackle Austin Howard to a three-year deal. Uh, They need to improve their offensive line, obviously. They got rid of one of their tight ends, Crockett Gilmore, uh, for that move, which is surprising because Crockett Gilmore was one of the better tight ends they had, but he has been injured a lot as well. Uh, He's getting $16 million, including a $5.5 million uh, in his first year good deal for the Ravens uh you know obviously he was pretty good with the Raiders last year mm-hmm. I mean Ravens as you say very good move 
they know what they're doing. They're also trying to sort out their things with their line. Yeah, it's this is part of that compromise. They're like, hey, we need to keep Flacco upright and healthy. We need to help boost our running game for how it is. This is good. This is good. Somebody else got paid as well. Linville Joseph, $50 million extension with a $31.5 million of it guaranteed. No doubt the man deserves the money. He has been absolutely tremendous for uh, the Vikings. Had a big year with a career-high 77 tackles and four sacks last season. And, yeah, I mean... With when Mike Zimmer is going around saying you're the best nose tackle I've ever seen, I think it's on uh, you. To, it's on you to keep it up, right? Uh, I mean, Everson Griffin and Xavier Rhodes also got big money deals uh, last month, and now they're trying to get Anthony Barr, another huge part of the linebacking core, there to an extension as well. So they're signing the defenders. They need they're to sign. To, they're recreating the purple people leaders of the seventies. I'm telling yeah, you that right now. <laughs> I mean, you already had, uh, I th- if it wasn't both safeties, it was one of the safeties get big money last time, or last year. So, I mean, again, they're, they are making sure that they sign up as many of these def- defensive players as they can to keep that core together, and I don't blame them. That, that's been the no. strength of that team. No. I mean... I would hope they get, get an extra boost now with Bridgewater coming back to help along their offense, take a little bit of pressure off the defense. And if that happens, you could potentially see some significant challengers for the Packers in that division. <laughs> yeah. And uh, speaking of another team that wants a challenge, thank you for the nice segue there, Anquan Bolden. Signing a one-year deal, $4 million. Uh, You know, he played for the Lions last year. There's your tie-in to the NFC North. But now he's going into the AFC East as he is signed with the Buffalo Bills. And he now joins Sammy Watkins and uh, the rest of that, you know, kind of journeyman crew going on that they have at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. He still had a 70% catch rate last season with eight touchdowns dude could still produce at 37 he he can and i know that this is a short run but i will say this and then my longtime friend who is a jets fan asks every single year are the bills a legitimate threat I think this adds a piece they could get there. Every time I say a flat-out yes, they crap the bed. So I'm not going to do that, especially for the sake of Bills fans. But this is a solid move. This could take a significant amount of pressure off Sammy Watkins, and this gives T-Mobile options in the pocket. Yeah, I mean, you got it. Charles Clay there now. You got, uh, I mean, Charles Clay's been there. He was a very good outlet mm-hmm. for Tyrod Taylor. Sammy Watkins stays healthy. He's 
you know, been great for them when he is healthy. Then you get Anquan Bolden there. He's sure-footed. He's got the hands. You know he's going to catch everything thrown to him. And mm-hmm. then you put that in there with the Zay Joneses and and the the rest of the world there that's in Buffalo. The core gets a bit better, and that's and not only that, he helps the younger guys too. Absolutely, this is a very great mentor kind of a situation. So not only will you see this effect for this season, but going forward. Jalen Collins gets suspended again. Ten games this time for his second violation of the league's policy on performance-enhancing drugs, substances, whatever you want to call it. He served a four-game suspension last year, had a wonderful 12-game spell uh, filling in for uh, Desmond Trufant after he got injured. Two interceptions, ten pass breakups, and 20 tackles. Or 28 tackles. Uh, uh, he also had 10 tackles in the Super Bowl as well. Jalen Collins proved to be a huge asset for that team. But now he cannot play with the team until November 21st during the regular season. This, he's done. I mean, just a brilliant career, very short career, but... When you're getting hit repeatedly and to the point where you're serving double-digit game suspensions for the same thing, you're done. You're damaged goods. Well, Thomas Dimitrov did say that now going forward they're going to have to make their decisions based on what's best for the team. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't be surprised if they let him come and play this season, but he's going to have to play lights out. And the games well, that he does play in order to prove that he's And even be there. then, he was going to be a backup. Regardless. Right, but he could have been, you know, the the third corner or something like that yeah, now that they know they can depend and that, on. And that's really what they were trying to do. But the fact that they went ahead and as this was coming out, or right before, they demoted him from getting first team snaps in practice stuff. Third team snaps. If you've got somebody that comes up in the preseason and plays lights out ahead of you, you're done. Yep, uh, that's that's what's going to happen. But he does get to be there with the team in the preseason, so yeah, he can that, make his case there. That's the beauty of it, but. Your destiny is not in your own hands. It's not. Well, certainly not. That's that's a bad situation for him right now. So you know you're gonna have to deal with that. Speaking of bad situations, the New York Jets, San Francisco 49ers, and Arizona Cardinals all suffered some bad situations here. Quincy Anua. Found out he has a bulging disc in his neck and has to get surgery, which has a six to nine month recovery process. So he is done for the season. The only wide receiver that was really coming on for the Jets now sidelined for the year. If things couldn't get it worse for that team, they just did. Uh, now they have Robbie Anderson, Sharon Peak. And Adarius Stewart. 
as their top three receivers. I am going to invoke a name that strikes fear, terror, and pain in the hearts of Jets fans. Sean, do you remember a coach by the name of Rich Kotite? No, I don't, but... He had a very brief tenure with the Jets. Three seasons. Do you know how many games the Jets won in those three seasons? No. Seven. Three and thirteen, three and thirteen, one and fifteen. Jets fans, you were already near the bottom of the barrel. Stock up on your booze and whatever now, because Gangrene might be going through another co-tight season. <laughs> that bad, huh? I, they were already predicted at what, like four and a half wins at the over-under? Yeah, it's going to go down. <laughs> yeah, if, if that stays above three and a half, Vegas is going to be nice. I, yeah, I, have I, to t- I have to tell Jets fans now, while it's August, and they can prepare accordingly. Just, I'm sorry. I've warned you. Be prepared. At least for the 49ers, this isn't so bad as they have somebody that could replace him, who mm-hmm. probably is equally just as good. But Malcolm Smith out for the season with a torn pectoral muscle. Uh, he just signed from the Raiders. Five years, twenty-six and a half million, with thirteen million guaranteed, and he's a former Super Bowl MVP as well. But he's going to sit out this entire year. However, this does open the door for Ruben Foster to take his spot and be next to Navarro Bowman and Ahmad Brooks. And we've seen that linebacker is a position where we can see rookies come in and do well. Oh yeah, rookies can come in; they can dominate. And, I mean, it's it sucks that you have to tear a pectoral muscle, but Malcolm Smith, he can come back next season after making $13 million while sitting on his couch. Uh, not not a bad thing there for Malcolm Smith. No. Get, have me make $13 million to sit on the couch all day. I'll do it. And we have our first casualty of actually playing preseason games. TJ Logan, who looked really good, and I forgot to mention him when we were talking about the game last week. Uh, Not only in returning punts and kicks, but playing running back uh, when they were, you know, having the third and fourth string guys in there. Mm -hmm. He is out 12 weeks with a dislocated wrist that he suffered in that game. And that's hard to do. It's hard to dislocate a wrist. Painful. So, kind of bad for him. But, I mean, again, it's another one of those to where maybe late season push, like, out 12 weeks. So, include the preseason. You're going on to week 8. Maybe if he's back to 100% week 10 or 11, he can come back into the mix and still make some sort of an impact. But uh, always devastating to see your great rookies get hurt like this. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that he would have... He might have been their kick return, punt return option. Mm Mm-hmm. 
and now they've they have to go back to what they had before, which is which kind of sucks. But again, he was he was showing some flashes against the Cowboys. It's one preseason game. They want to make a meal out of that. I saw a lot of people just absolutely wanting to destroy certain players after they didn't do things in one freaking game. People just love to overreact, honestly. But uh, but yeah, I, I mean this this sucks to hear for the Cardinals. Uh, period. And in the stupid news of the week, Brandon Albert retired last week. Now he wants to come back to the Jaguars. Why, you might ask? Because he figured out that he's going to have to owe the Jaguars $3.4 million if he decides to stay retired. So basically because he's semi-broke. Maybe or just... Who the hell wants to have to give somebody $3.4 million? No, if you have money, you can take that financial hit. Right, but if at some I'm point that... On, if, if I'm sitting on $15, 20000000 million in the bank because I'm investing, yeah, I give up three point four to stay retired. I can find ways to build that back over a few years. Right, <sighs> but the dude has had so many, like, Bad injuries. I mean, how much of that money has he really been able to keep? This, this is yeah. my exact point because he's broke. <laughs> uh, he does have to pay forty thousand dollars per day in fines. Okay, uh, for that week. grand a day versus three point four million. Do the math. No, I'm just saying. Regardless, he's going to have to pay some money. Yeah, but it's, again. Forty grand a day. But hey, you know what? If you wouldn't have left, you wouldn't have to pay them nothing. Yeah, but again, you don't think about stuff like that until them bills come in. Or I've maybe somebody alerted. I don't know if if that's your agent and it hasn't occurred to you until a week later that you got to owe them money. What the hell is he doing? Making ten percent of maybe nothing. I, I just don't understand, like, where these, these people that are, like, come on, I know that you're playing football and sometimes you don't make the smartest decisions, but, like, look, if you want to retire, and you got to know. It's just, if you're going to retire during the season, you got to know. And stuff this that's gonna is Jacksonville. Happen. I know, but come on. The, he did so, come from Miami. Okay, so. but again, Jacksonville has had a certain effect on football players. I should know. I've seen it go both ways. It's a special kind of crazy, and it finds its way, and it spreads toward uh, Everbank for some reason. If you're Doug Marone, though, do you give him back his starting spot? Uh, I mean, Cam Robinson's already there to, you know, if you're going to give the rookie a shot. he Albert would have to fight for it. He'd have to fight for it. Well, speaking of fighting for it, the rookie quarterbacks have not done that uh, so far in training camp to the effect that Brock Osweiler, Trevor Simeon, well, uh, Paxton Lynch is not a rookie, but second-year guy, uh, and Tom Savage all starting in the first preseason games over Deshaun Watson, Paxton Lynch, and Deshaun Kaiser. In fact, Kaiser is third on the depth chart right now. He has been looking good, but I I guess they don't feel confident enough to have him start in the preseason games yet. And this is from 
when Osweiler got traded, everybody was sitting here saying, oh, he's going to get released. He's going to get released. They're going to trade him somewhere else. And none of that happened, and now he's starting the first preseason game. And Hugh Jackson has gone on record saying, right now, this this is the guy's, the way that the order that I just laid out, this is how he feels about the guys right now. So, could you imagine Brock Osweiler starting week one for the Browns? Considering how it's the Browns, yes. I'm just saying. I mean, do we remember how bad he was in Denver that last year? Sean. And then in Houston. Goodness. Sean. Yes. Sean. What team is this? What team is this? The Browns. The Cleveland Browns. They've had damn near 30 starting quarterbacks since they've returned to the league in 1999. This is what the Browns do. Hey, and, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson, watch out because your star receiver is even endorsing Tom Savage. Well, that's because Tom Savage let Watson sit down learn a little bit. Savage was really the one of the best quarterbacks they had last season, so I don't mind them giving him a shot. I'm not... I, I kind of get where Houston's going. Cleveland is Cleveland, so that's just whatever. And Denver... Yeah. Well, they did it, say that Paxton Lynch was a project at first when he first got drafted so yeah a project which is great but trevor simeon's from northwestern now if we were talking a battle of journalists or a battle of mathematicians well come on you got a memphis quarterback and a northwestern quarterback i mean is it really that much better than the other memphis is at least half decent northwestern has been good the last few years or whatever. So Define to find good. They made a nice run in the the Big Ten last year. Define nice. Come on now. Come on. I think you're being too hard on, on Northwestern. No I'm not. And any Northwestern fans tweet me at Squid Sportshead. Since you had that one... Didn't they play football? well in basketball last season, too? I mean, come on. We're, we're yeah, being... because North, yeah, well, Northwestern, you've got Chicago that's a basketball haven. Great. But again, smart... A school that produces intelligent people does not necessarily translate to good football team. Northwestern is a shining example of that. They'll even tell you that their run to the Rose Bowl against USC all those years ago was a little bit of a fluke. (laughs) They can't explain it, and neither can I. They just rolled with it. Whatever. You know, I I don't know that we can make much of it. Look, again, it's the first preseason game. They've only – this is the shortest amount of time that they've gotten with the players – once yeah. they play a game and you get to see them actually in game action and then you get another week of practice, maybe we'll see some of that change where some of these rookies might yeah. go above them e- in the pecking order. 
even guys like when Russell Wilson came in during his preseason and he beat out Matt Flynn up in Seattle, I was a little bit convinced, but by the time week two, week three rolled around, I was like, okay, this is Russell Wilson's job. I think it's going to be the same thing with these rookies and what have you. You're not going to see any real definitive answers until that third week of preseason. So I'm willing to just sit back and wait a bit. Yeah, so how long before Jay Cutler is starting? He's not playing uh, in this game here against the Falcons, by the way. Uh, he's not. I would say give him week two, maybe week three of the preseason. All right, fair odds enough. Are, yeah, odds are I think Matt Moore will be starting week one. I don't oh, we, think... Oh, we know that already. Yeah. Yeah, so... And everybody's saying, oh, Jay Cutler will start week two. No, I really don't see Jay Cutler starting until at least week three of the regular season. That would probably be best for him anyway. Yeah. yeah. Let him get into shape and kind of relearn the offense and these little tweaks and get timing down. And who knows, if Matt Moore goes on a run and say the Dolphins are three and two after week five, then you really just push that back. We'll see. Uh, I definitely think he's starting week one of the regular season. But uh, So with that said, I think that's going to do it for us uh, on this show. Uh, as I said on the Thursday night, Friday morning show, we will be discussing the Houston and Carolina game that takes place on Wednesday night, the only Wednesday night game. Then uh, we will take a sort of Thursday night football approach here uh, and cover the Denver-Chicago game that's sort of the showcase game on the NFL Network that night. And Thursday night is kind of the night that that starts off the preseason in full with a bunch of games that night. And we're each going to take a game just to have something else to talk about. Eric's going to do Atlanta and Miami. And then I'm going to do uh, the Saints and, and Browns as well. So we'll have four games to discuss here. Don't know how Gary's going to get involved in that, but we'll see. And then Monday night is when we start our full slate of f- trying to figure out how we're going to talk about these games and so we can get ready for what happens during the regular season and everything. But, yeah, got them all down. Who's going to be covering what? Just going to be kind of fun to get to watch. I rewatched in condensed form the Hall of Fame game just for fun mm-hmm. today. And I noticed a lot more things that I didn't notice the first time around. So I, I might be doing that myself. Today was a bit of a weird day timing-wise. But thankfully, as the week goes on, things free up. I can invest even more. What I enjoy is, even though it doesn't come out till Tuesday now, I do uh, enjoy watching the coaches' film sometimes. Just to, like, so it's, it's kind of cool to see like what they get to see and the different angles and and just seeing how they're lined up and and where they're supposed to be compared to where they wind up being. It's it's interesting always. So all right, until we are back with you on. Thursday night, Friday morning. That'll be Thursday night, August 10th. 
you know, if you enjoyed what you heard here, make sure you subscribe either to Football to the Max by itself on whatever podcasting device or catcher that you like. Uh, even on YouTube, W10Net.com, you can go there to uh, listen to it as well. Uh, as well as the Last Word Radio, uh, you can go uh, subscribe to Last Word Radio and you'll get uh, our podcast there as well, as along with other uh, terrific podcasts that they have. I think they have one on baseball, one on hockey, another one on football, and then a few other ones. So definitely want to check that out. And, of course, you can check out the WTM Network where you can uh, catch uh, Eric Watkins and myself talking soccer on Soccer to the Max. Eric also does the Point of Viewer. Uh, and we have plenty of other uh, podcasts for you to listen to there as well. So until the next time. We'll see you later, everybody. Peace. podcast is a w2m network original production visit w2mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts plus news reviews articles and opinions from the worlds of wrestling video games football and entertainment